The global dairy market is about $720 billion. And did you know with its current growth rate, it will surpass the oil industry as the world's leading polluter before 2050? Actually, it's responsible for 10% of green gas emissions, and the livestock waste is a huge contributor for water pollution and diseases like E. coli and salmonella. Hi, this is Takatoshi Shibayama, the host of the Future Design Podcast. Today I have Max Rye, Chief Strategist of Turtle Tree Labs, a company that uses stem cell technology to reproduce milk instead of relying on animals. He tells us how the technology is set to redesign the whole industry, solving issues I mentioned earlier, and also increase food security, relying less on global logistics to source our food. So I had uh, Shuck Meats on our episode a couple couple of episodes ago, and I've been really interested in about the sustainability of our planet. And animal cruelty has been a big issue uh, for many, many years because we depend so much on animals for protein sources. Our food dependency really relies on animals. And now that you are creating something called a lab-grown dairy product, which is on on milk, and you also create uh, infant milk as well, which is really surprising to me because we've all heard about plant-based meat, cell-based meat, but I never heard of milk uh, grown <laughs> from stem cells. So could you take us through of what, what you guys are building at the moment and uh, and, and really l- like to know like why uh, you got into this industry? First of all, thanks, Taka. I appreciate you inviting uh, us to, to, to discuss this. Uh, but one more thing that uh, I guess you can latch on to some of those sustainability and cruelty-free things is, is food security, especially in countries like Singapore. Foods, uh, this, this COVID-19 issue in this pandemic has really highlighted that. So this is another angle, another uh, benefit of having the ability to control your food sources and your food supplies, right? So it's, it's quite exciting uh, that we are able to be a part of that journey. Now, when you talk about what's the difference between these plant-based and cell-based milks and dairies that are out there, it's, it's quite significant because up until now, what we've been able to do is we've been able to replicate fluid milk, right? So we, we see uh, almond milk or oat milk and all these different things. So it, they can kind of look like milk and even replace fluid milk. But the, the milk, the dairy industry is actually bigger than any other food industry out there, food sector out there, $700 billion industry. And most of that is not the fluid side. It's everything else. It's cheese, it's butter, it's cream, ice cream, for example, and uh, anything else that, you, that requires uh, you know, real raw milk to start from. And that has really been the challenge to really uh, make that transformative change globally. Uh, I, I think the fluid side is really well um, uh, well addressed by these plant-based products, but what we really want to be able to do is handle all of the rest, which is a majority of the existing dairy industry. And using cells, what's exciting is what we're able to do is replicate the same process that happens inside of the human body or inside of a cow or inside of any other mammal that's out there. And it, it, we're doing this in the lab. Our goal long-term is to be able to have giant bioreactors that can be placed any part of the city, any part of the world, and you can have access to fresh milk. That's what's really cool. And that milk would be able to do all of those same things uh, that, that real milk can do, which is be able to make cheese and butter and all of those other things. 
Yeah, the, the people at the Shok Meets explained to me how they use stem cell technology to create uh, meat uh, from taking cells from the body parts. But in terms of milk, how do you actually bring, take stem cells of milk or some, or maybe some other body parts of uh, the cow and then ma make the milk itself? Good question. For us, it's very non-invasive. We can actually take cells even from fresh milk itself. Wow. Even fresh, yeah, fresh milk from any mammal for the first few hours that milk is expressed, there's actually cells in there that you can isolate and extract. And then those can be your working cells you start off from. So it's very, very cool. We don't actually have to take this from a, uh, from a, uh, from a dead animal or so forth. So that means that even for breast milk for humans, you can take a particular person's breast milk and then take that, take the stem cell from that and reproduce the same milk using that stem cell. That's, that's right. We can actually do that, which is what's very exciting about this technology. Wow. That's something that, you know, maybe even mothers all over the world can do because now, you know, everybody's expressing their milk and, and taking so much time out of their lives. Some people are working, some people are not, but it does take a huge chunk of, you know, the, the mother's time to express milk. I remember my wife was always locked up in a room doing work and then pumping at the same time, or I had mothers who are you know, business partners or associates come into work expressing while they're working or, or doing meetings. So it'll completely change the dynamics of how mothers can continue providing breast milk for their children while continuing their social life as well. You're, you're absolutely right, Taka. One thing that I do want to emphasize, something that is very important for the Turtle Tree team uh, in our vision, we want to in continue encouraging breastfeeding. That is something that is very important to us. Uh, we, we have regular discussions with KK Hospital. They have an amazing milk bank here and a lot of education uh, around uh, breastfeeding. So we wanna be more of a complementary type of uh, a product when it comes to that. We do not want to get in a situation where we are encouraging mothers to use this type of technology, this type of milk over breastfeeding itself, which is still by far the best thing for every baby out there. For sure. When I was, when I had our two, two sons as well, we've been emphasized by the hospitals many times over that skin to skin is something that, you know, babies really need because of the proximity to their mothers and they feel the warmth from their bodies that that gives them the comfort of being alive and, you know, being taken care of. So I, I totally understand mm -hmm. where you're coming from. And yeah, yeah. It, yeah you're absolutely right. An area where you can see us making a major impact, though, would be what about existing infant formula? It's a $45 billion industry, and it's going to double in the next five years. How about maybe using this technology to make whatever's out there a better product, a more nutritious product, something that, uh, that can help babies all over the world and children all over the world? So these are different areas where we, we can make a major impact much earlier um, than if you look at trying to um, disrupt mom's breastfeeding. Yeah, and how do you compare uh, mother's breast milk versus the infant formulas out there currently? I mean, they've oh. enhanced it quite a lot with different types of nutrients. Uh, I'm sure it's very different from you know the mother's breast milk, but could you uh, elaborate a little bit on those differences? 
It's a massive difference. First of all, what existing infant formula is, although it's so advanced as it is, it's still bovine powder. It's still cow milk powder uh, combined with vegetable extracts, a whole bunch of different nutrients that are in there. It's still very, very far from what the real thing is. So there's a major gap. There is so much room for us to get involved, use this type of technology to up that product first. Maybe we can take uh, all of these different components, replace them with human milk uh, type of components and actually make them better uh, in the beginning as we get closer towards that much larger technology of human breast milk. And the biggest question is when is going to be commercialized? So I'm sure a lot of people are waiting for this product to come out. Uh, I don't think it's just about the infant formula as well. There's a lot of people who enjoy actually drinking cow milk or different type of goat mm-hmm. milk and things who are also lactose intolerant. I'm one of those mm-hmm. people as well. Well, <laughs> you know, if you think for me, it's like completely different because I, I was never raised on breast milk and I have all these problems when I was a child, I guess back in the seventies, instant formula was not as nutritious as before. So I was drinking infant formula right from birth and I had asthma, I had constant fevers and I had all these sicknesses when I was growing up when I was a child and could have definitely benefited from the modern infant formulas or these milks as well. But even going after when I was older, I just never really liked milk, maybe because I never really had that real milk. So and maybe partially because I'm lactose intolerant as well, but but I, I never really was really big on to milk, but maybe your product can actually change that completely. That's what we're hoping to do. We definitely want to be, to make it possible for people who are lactose intolerant to have access. Because what's really cool about science and biotech is you can actually turn off some lactose genes, for example, right from the beginning So the milk that you're producing doesn't even have a lactose in there. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that we can do that, you know, biologically um, uh, using the traditional method just wasn't possible. So there's some really cool things we can do, but outside of the infant nutrition area, I mean, there's still the $700 billion industry of dairy itself. What we want to be able to do is make an impact in that area. Uh, using our technology, we want to be able to make dairy products like cheese and butter and cream, all of these different things that everyone loves, everyone consumes every day, but do it in a very different uh, sourcing uh, when it comes to the raw milk itself. So we think that that will also be a very important part of of our future offerings. Um, At the moment, although we can do a lot of this in the lab, the work that we are doing is around scale up and how we can get this milk up to 50,000 liter giant bioreactors or so forth. These are the type of cool things that we are working with our partners on. uh, And uh, we have an in-house team of engineers as well that are working around the clock on. Uh, Sometime next year, we expect some deals to happen, but the way way uh, we go to market is really with our partners. We are not putting a product out there that's exclusively Turtle Tree Labs milk. So you can expect some of the big dairy giants that are out there and the dairy partners to actually be the ones who put their product on the market using our technology, almost like the Intel inside model. That's really how we look at making the global transformation that we want to be able to make. So we think that that will still be another 18 to 24 months out based off of when our partners want to go to market with it. But much earlier than that, we're already co-developing some of these uh, products now. 
And how hard is it to scale your business? Now, I, I've asked these questions for other companies that are scaling, not on because they're not software businesses, right? Software business is so easy to scale, but your business requires a lot of scientists. You need a, a lab. You need to have these containers to create all this milk. I mean, it's a very still pretty bricks and mortar type of businesses in that sense. So how does scaling, uh, how is scaling look to you as you grow your business? You're absolutely right. So we have this transformative technology, something that can change the shape of dairy of the future. How do we not get stuck in a corner of the world trying to, to build one plant and just cater to a, a small group of people? That's really why our go-to-market strategy is set up in a way that's very similar to ARM semiconductors, for example. They're the biggest chip company in the world that doesn't actually make all the chips for the world. We will work with the existing dairy conglomerates. It can be a win-win situation where we can actually be that technology uh, and they can work on the CapEx side and they have their consumers that they are, they're already catered to uh, and work together to be able to get this product into the market. And we can scale this globally using these partnerships and using a licensing and royalty model. That is how our business teams are uh, working this through. Uh, there's still a lot of work to be done in the next several months of how we refine these models, but our scale-up scale process looks much more like a license-based model where we work with all the big players that are out there and uh, scale together. And how is creating these milks actually look like? I mean, it will be great if you could share with us some videos on how it's created, and maybe we could talk about that later. But uh, how how is the process of making uh, dairy products from stem cells? So the process is uh, we after we isolate these cells, right? These milk producing cells, we are able to expand them in a very traditional way, um, which is what all the cell-based meat companies do. They expand these cells to a large enough number. But that's where, that's where all the similarities end between us and cell-based meat companies. For us, these lactating cells actually become a factory that make milk. And we have another special fluid that, uh, that is a part of our IP that causes those cells to lactate. And that's, like I said before, we're replicating the entire environment that happens inside of the mammal itself. And the end product itself really is the composition of milk, really what comes out of a cow or outside of a human. Now, there are some things that you cannot replicate in this process, like, for example, the antibodies, that, which usually come from the mom's blood, not from the breast cells themselves. Uh, however, everything else we're able to capture, which is really exciting. And... Uh, that, that the, the process is very similar in all the different mammals that we're able to do, that we're, we're able to uh, work with. Um, but yes, that's, that's how, it, how it works. And how long does it take to reproduce a mother's milk? So you have one cell and then you start to lact, uh, lactate it. Uh, how long does it take to actually make one feed of, of milk? So if you're talking about customizing the milk from just one mom, we have to go through a very long process. It can take several months. If we are working with a generic cell line that has already been optimized by the team or so forth, uh, it can be a continuous flow system, which is really what we want to be able to do. We're looking at scaling this up, right? Uh, it, it can be a continuous flow. It can take a matter of weeks when we are looking at different, uh, different types of products. And 
would you take just, let's say, let's say just for cow, cow's milk, would you take one cell from a cow and then just keep reproducing the same ones over and over? You're absolutely right. Yes, we want to make sure that we identify the best cow, which we've already done last year, go through this very long R&D process, which we had uh, done and still doing, going through it now. But the end result is going to be an amazing cell line that can continuously flow out the, the type of milk that we're looking to, to have. And that's really the best way to scale this up. Do you think in a distant future that this technology can be shared with the world and for mothers who have problems actually ex uh, expressing milk? Because there are, there are people who, who could only express a little bit to help them express more uh, through this technology and try to feed their, their children. I can definitely envision a future iteration where that will be possible. It, it's um, it's very exciting area, what we're, uh, this, this entire cell-based milk space. Uh, and, I, and I do believe that these type of products you're talking about is something that will be within reach. Yeah, because I could think about maybe like a, a um, subscri subscription model where you send in, it's like one of those DNA, um, you know, <laughs> companies where they check your DNA and tell you what it is. But this one is like, you send your, 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 your expressed milk to, a, to your company or whatever those companies are. And then they send you like on a, on a daily basis or like on a weekly basis, all this uh, milk to you so that you can feed your children it. You know, that's kind of something that just popped into my head. I, I think that's a brilliant uh, model. And some of the partners that we are working with, if they want to use this technology to set that up, we will be definitely supporting these type of, uh, these, uh, these type of subscription-based models. I think it's exciting. There's going to be so many different models. There's just no only one successful uh, method out there. And we think there's, uh, there's plenty of space for different variations of this, of these models to be successful. Yeah. And how did you get involved with this project? So, you know, looking through your career, you were uh, academically trained to do these type of things, but you had a different route uh, where you're doing like AI and clouds before, and then you joined this company as well, or co-founded this company. So could you take us a little bit of journey through how you got into this space? Yeah, I, I definitely believe that we're, we're, we're in a time right now where if you are passionate about what you want to be able to do, you can make, the, you can make a shift in your careers, in, 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 your, uh, in what you want to do in life. For myself, I have been in leadership positions for a very long time. I've been able to bring teams together, lead them, help grow these teams, and, uh, and, and focus on the tech, the tech space in the past. But... I'm very passionate about sustainability and what it takes uh, to reduce these greenhouse gases for many years. But for a long time, I've just been sitting on the sidelines, kind of watching, hoping other people just come in and, and, uh, and do something about it. But I got to the point where I had the opportunity, right? This situation uh, was an opportunity for me to get involved. Uh, I met my co-founder when I was giving a talk over at Google HQ and, and uh, that was an amazing moment because I knew, uh, I know the folks at Memphis and Blue Nalu, they're doing amazing things using cell-based technology, but I didn't see anybody doing the cell-based milk. 
and I knew there had to be, this, this was a great opportunity for me to be involved. So I was able to take all of my skills that I had built up over the years and come together with a team and say, okay, guys, we can do this. Let's bring all of the top scientists on board. And I put a half a million bucks of my own cash right into this company right from the get-go and I accelerated. And that's really, uh, that was how we started. And this is where we are now. I've learned so much through the, through the months, I've, so much. And I'm not afraid to reach out to people uh, who know more than I do and learn from them as well. So, but it's, it's very exciting. It's been a very exciting journey so far. And what made you really interested in the world of sustainability? And there's many, I'm sure there's many reasons why we're in this climate change uh, period where a lot of things are, are, well, what I would like to always say is like, I don't like the word climate change. I use, I use the word human extinction because we've done so much to this world. We've taken so much from this world and we haven't really given back anything. And we've been really selfish about how we've been living on this planet, you know, and using animals, domesticating animals for our own good and all that. So, you know, I think what we need to really think about personally, I think is if you're going to start a business, why not do it for the, you know, betterment of society or, or, or the planet or things like that. And, and, and not just create another social media app or some dating <laughs> app or whatever. That's, that's my personal, you know, goal. But uh, what is that for you? You know, I can, the, there was a time in the early 2000s uh, that, that I watched this movie called Climate Refugees. And I think for me, that was like one of my, um, uh, what, the t a time in my life when I thought, holy cow, we have to do something about uh, about these issues. And, and it, it, it impacts people, it impacts entire regions and countries. Um, and uh, and, I, and that was a time when I really started getting more involved into the space. I think that was around 2007. Uh, and since then, I've just followed it very closely. Um, I, I, I spoke to a lot of folks about it, but I didn't really get the opportunity to jump in um, and, and do something about it until very recently, just a few years ago. And, and, uh, and I love it. Uh, there's a lot of other books that I read over the years where, uh, where um, they go into being able to do business for good, being a part of the circular economy. So I built up, um, I built up a strength to, to jump into this field over the years. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, so, and, but I'm very passionate about it. If, if anybody who knows me knows that I live and breathe this. This is what I do. All I think about is this. So, uh, because I love it. That's fantastic. You know, and what is next for uh, Turtle Tree Labs? What's your next step? You recently got funding about uh, $3 million. So what's next for you guys? For us, it's all about acceleration. Um, as we mentioned right from the beginning, these are my uh, personal skills where I can help my teams uh, to accelerate. So we have multiple teams. Uh, our team is quite large. We have 20 scientists and engineers on board. Uh, which is one of the bigger teams in the space, but it's really whatever it takes to get to that next level. And for us, it's really around commercialization. Now we're looking at what does it take? What type of plans, pilot plans we need? Uh, where, where are they gonna be placed? Who are the partners that need to be involved? So these are all the different things that we are doing uh, as we lead up to series A. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing your journey and your mission on building this business out. And I hope 
you know, from the bottom of my heart that you guys succeed. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Taka. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you had enjoyed or disliked the show, please let me know in the comment section. I can only improve or add value to you through your voices. If there are any topics that you'd like me to pick up, please let me know in the comment section as well. I'd love to start chatting with you. And if you'd like to continue listening to the show, please subscribe. Thank you.